What's up, everybody? Welcome to What's the Lesson Podcast. We back in the classroom. Um, today, I have Dr. Lindsay Wisner back on. Um, today, we're going to talk about trauma, trauma bonding, and um, all different types of trauma. Um, it's a really dope episode. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Before we get started, make sure you get your tickets for the Von Michael Sketch Show at vonmichael.com slash sketch show. All right, y'all, let's get into this episode. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I guess I'm going to just get straight to it. Um, what is trauma? So trauma is a something from your past that continues to affect your thoughts, feelings, or actions in your future. Um, uh, trauma also has a, I was trying to decide, like, do I flesh that out or go a different way? But I'll get back to it. Um, tra- there's also a biological basis of trauma, which I find to be really important, um, which is that our bodies, our brains are trained to remember dangerous things so that we don't encounter them again. For example, if you see a lion and it rips off one of your arms, your body and brain are trained to vividly remember that lion so that hopefully you manage to keep the other arm. Uh, what do I mean? Well, we all understand a lion ripping off our arm, although hopefully not many of us have experienced this personally. But <laughs> but um, so when you are frightened, your uh, stress hormone cortisol uh, gets released. And then cortisol um, kind of shifts into or kicks your fear memory um, in. Now, fear memory is kind of exactly what it sounds like. Your adrenaline goes up, your um, uh, and your senses are heightened. The adrenaline goes up just in case you need to either fight or run away. But the adrenaline going up also means that you're paying more attention to this thing in front of you. Your senses are heightened, so you're more likely to remember this thing, in this case, a lion, more. And it imprints onto your brain in a way that allows you to go, nope, the next time you see a lion and walk away uh, or run away. Or I am actually not clear how we're supposed to avoid lions, but nonetheless, there's a way. Uh, And the idea being this allows us to avoid trauma a second time. This allows us to avoid, um, you know, losing our other arm. The only problem is that our bodies are imperfect and what was put in place to protect us can outstay its welcome. Uh, You know, you're there may not be a real danger of a lion, but perhaps if you experience this rather unlikely event of a lion ripping off your arm, unless Tiger King, but that's another issue. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you know, if you experience that, that's fine, but your body may start to, um, to release this cortisol and send you into a trauma or a traumatic state, um, like a PTSD, if you see 
a stuffed animal lion or if there's a lion on the television or um, something that is not actually dangerous but feels dangerous as a result of your past experiences. So trauma is kind of when the past comes back to kick you in the ass, but there's a real reason for it. And the intent is to warn you so that it doesn't happen again. The problem with that is uh, we end up dealing with PTSD, whether it be, you know, uh, as a result of being uh, a soldier in a war or um, an abusive, emotionally, physically, sexually, or mentally abusive childhood. The problem is trauma is very difficult to overcome and part of getting through it is to literally go through it and um, sort of revisit it, re-experience it, explore it and find that it's safe. And no one wants to be made to feel unsafe or icky. And yet that is what um, therapy does when we try to rid ourselves of trauma in the long term. Wow. Okay. So, um, so are you saying that trauma can trauma only have a negative impact on your life? Um, that's an interesting question and I don't know quite how to answer it. I think trauma, I think by definition, a traumatic experience is a negative one, but there are people that have turned this negative experience into a more positive one. Um, you know, if you, uh, oh, Captain America in Avengers 2, you know, he has all this trauma from, um, not Avengers 2, in the last one. I'm blanking. Don't tell my children, they'll be embarrassed. Um, <laughs> What was it called? Endgame. Thank you. Um, so in, uh, in Endgame, Captain America uh, comes back from, you know, losing a very bad war, losing a lot of friends, and he makes a little support group, like an AA group, but for trauma. Um, and so he's using his trauma in order to, I'm going to say, act as a vessel in helping others. So that's kind of a positive. Um, you know, or someone who creates some sort of um, a club or an online forum or some way to reach out to other people who are, are experiencing or have experienced what they went through, you know, or trauma can also, you can also turn your traumatic experience into something creative. A lot of the times when I write, uh, both fiction and nonfiction often come from some of my previous trauma. So that's a good thing if you, it's called, it's called sublimate. So it basically just means transform. But if you can transform your bad shit into good shit, then yes, I guess it's a good thing. But I would never wish for someone to be traumatized for that reason. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, especially in arts, music comedy totally definitely. yeah oh we're we're the most messed up people you know have, i was going with comedian comedians oh. you know, <laughs> artists like we've just found a way to make 
the bad stuff funny. Um, and yeah. I see that on your, I see that about you a lot. Yeah, it's a, um, it's funny. That's why I actually got into comedy. Um, I saw Kevin Hart. And I was like, if he could talk about having a, um, a father who was a, 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 had an addiction to crack, I was like, man, like I could only spend, like, it's so funny, but it's just like, do you actually know what he had to deal with to go through something like that? I'm just like, yeah. I was like, if you can make that fun, I'm like, this is therapy. That's what I'm in comedy for therapy. I'm not even comedy like for the jokes. It's, it's, I, it's I understand <laughs> my my writing. Like a lot of my writing is for therapy. Um, you know, there's also Jim Norton, and he, you know, oh yeah, he, you know, deeply depressed, super suicidal in the past. I I, you know, I interviewed him. I don't know, eight months ago, but he makes it funny too. And it is the way to laugh at yourself when you really want to cry. Right. Um, and you kind of already went over some of the ways to cope with it. Um, are there any other options? Say someone is on their own. Well, let me ask this. Do you um, suggest anybody to, would you automatically, if you got trauma, just go to therapy or is there ways that you can find ways to cope on your own outside of, you know, through the arts and stuff like that? So in an, in, an, in an ideal world, after, if you experience trauma, you should absolutely go to therapy, but let's get out of that ideal world and talk about the real world where uh, trauma comes with such guilt and shame, um, you know, whether it be sexual abuse, which is, I guess, shame, um, and guilt, especially if you're a young child, they, you know, you, you tend to, especially young men, they tend to think that they did something wrong. Uh, young, I mean, young women as well, uh, especially if the, uh, abuser is sort of puts that guilt and blame and whatnot on them, um, which is horrendous, you know, but so first you would have to get through the guilt and the shame in order to be willing to come to therapy, uh, can someone, hmm, can someone will themselves out of, you know, out of like a PTSD without the help of a therapist? I don't know, but I kind of don't think that they should have to try, you know, um, Rodney Dangerfield was, um, I hope I haven't told you this story, but even if I had, I'm telling it again, because he was in therapy for years and he was getting nowhere. Do you remember who Rodney Dangerfield is or are you? Yeah, very funny comedian. Okay, I was gonna say you might be just too young, but um, so he was, uh, you know, he was in therapy for years and then essentially, finally, he kept failing. And finally his therapist was like, maybe this just isn't the right field for you. And fortunately he left his therapist, you know, like, um, and, uh, I think, it, I think there's some trauma there about your therapist telling you to give up your dreams in and of itself. So, um, wow. <laughs> isn't that a great story? I learned it in yeah. like, as part of my training, he was in like three times a week therapy and it was like a story that had been passed down, you know, um, from one person to the other. And, uh, uh 
I mean, it totally breaks all of HIPAA, but uh, it wasn't my patient and it wasn't the person who told me the patient. So, um, but, you know, I think it's a great story where like, it's a lesson to therapists where like, don't think you have all the answers. Um, and also it's a lesson to comedians, like keep trying. And then there's the trauma aspect, which is uh, he also was pretty messed up. Um, and I think it's tough to find a comedian who wasn't messed up in some way. I kind of know a few, but you know, um, but still, I think that we we're all messed up in our own ways, and it's it's really what we make of it. You know, right? Um, I was going to ask you next. Um, so, you know, are there signs of trauma? Um, say that you have a family member, friend. Um, is, is there ways that you can tell that somebody has had a traumatic experience um, just by talking to them or? Sure, I mean, listen, if, if you know someone who was just involved in a car accident or um, some sort of public issue, like that does, one, that, one that involves less shame is what I was thinking of, um, you're, you'll soon notice, you know, if they're acting differently afterwards, either avoidance or overindulgence in, you know, alcohol or drugs or um, any sort of extreme changes to their mood or behavior following a known traumatic event, that's certainly easy sign to look for. Um, and then more often than I think you don't know the, you, you know, the, the, it's the traumas that people don't know that does more. Listen, if someone returns from war, active duty, whatever the right army thingy is to call it, like you, you know, um, if you're close to them, be on the lookout for them. Uh, but also, you know, the other side of it is a lot of our traumas are this are secrets you know um rape uh robbery uh you know i mean i guess robbery isn't so much a secret because we usually report it but um, <laughs> on a, you know like but on a very minimal level like i was scammed about three months ago during the pandemic i was scammed out of twelve hundred dollars and it's kind of because I'm an idiot, I'll be honest. Um, but now uh, I'm a lot more hesitant when I'm dealing with people online. And like, I kind of require proof of everything. Uh, is that trauma? Sure. Has it maybe made me less of an idiot? Hopefully, you know, um, it's not interfering with my daily functioning. So it's not something that I need to specifically seek help for. Gotcha. So, okay. So you say you're more hesitant. Will, will we call that the red flags? Mm. What are you looking for? I, I don't even know if it's a red flag, maybe an orange flag, but like, <laughs> you know, like a, a red flag that you're looking for is, first of all, if you know, a red flag is a, is a, a significant change in behavior. Uh, someone who withdraws more or uh, engages in more, like I said, alcohol or drug consumption, 
someone who really starts acting differently. And whether or not the issue is you may or may not know what actually happened. And, um, or if you do know that it's a lot easier, but you know, childhood trauma, we all hold super close to the vest because we were told consciously or unconsciously that we should not tell that what goes on at home is secret. You know, that's sort of a, an ongoing theme that many victims of, um, of a childhood or, you know, even a teenage, teen year trauma go through. Um, also, uh, you know, as women, uh, I want to say in the United States, it's probably all over the world, but let's whatever. Um, as women, we, whenever I ask a female patient, you know, do you have any history of trauma? Their answer, and then I'll sort of break it down into physical, emotional, sexual, the emotional and the sexual are the ones where they don't always know the answer. Um, or they know the answer, but they feel guilty defining, you know, an experience they went through in that way. Whereas a man will tell you point blank, like yes or no. Um, and so it can be really tough to, to get people to speak about their trauma and also to get people to admit it. Um, you know, when it comes to sexual assault or abuse, there is a blame game going on. Gotcha. And did we already go over things that may cause trauma? We already talked about that. I feel like I've mentioned a few things, but I, I mean, the truth is anything unexpected could cause trauma. Okay. Um, anything repeated could cause trauma. Um, you know, or I, I guess that's a really bad definition. Don't, don't, don't do the repeated thing. But like, basically, um, there's a couple obvious ones like war, um, violence, you know, rape, murder, anything that would be covered in a true crime documentary, we can pretty much label that. But, you know, you can also experience smaller traumas um, or what starts off as anxiety and ends up being classified as a trauma, but you can experience smaller ones from like even an experience in this pandemic can cause a trauma. It's not one that's impossible to get over, but it's certainly one that may stick with you. Uh, yeah. Um, then I want, I want to go ask one question that goes to relationships. Um, so I, I know um, in um, the world that I'm in, the community world, um, a lot of people like to do roast. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Um, would you say maybe like... Um, roasting someone unexpectedly could be traumatic with somebody um i have seen yeah. roasts and um i feel like if you're getting up there to if you're like if you're a willing participant like it's not going to be unexpected uh and i feel like you got like professional semi-professional 
whatever you're getting on that stage for a roast. I don't think anything anyone says is going to traumatize you. And I would be really pissed off if we started giving like trigger alerts before roasts. You know, I mean, more of aspect of like, um, I've seen people like have done roasts unexpectedly. Like it's almost like um, such and such did something that we're going to roast that person um, without their knowledge. But like, is this like in the com- the comedy world? Yeah. Meh. I mean, if this is if you've seen it, you kind of know it's coming. Um, listen, it's always possible that we could somehow say something that triggers hate that word another person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate it because it should only be used in a, a you know a very finite amount of situations, but. Um, yeah, it's possible we could say something that would trigger another person, but it's, uh, you can't live your life afraid of that. Um, afraid of triggering someone. You know, the truth is, if it's your trauma, you should be seeking help for it. And if you find yourself getting triggered in a roast, then you should figure out what to do to stop it from happening again, which is... <laughs> You can fill in the blank. What is it? <laughs> Seeking help. Seeking help. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I want to make sure I'm clear. Yeah. <laughs> so for I, I give you the example. And I, I'll tell you why. Because um, I thought about it. I was like, man, I, I thought about it. I, was like, I didn't want to participate in this because I felt like it could be cruel and kind of traumatic to somebody. Sure. Um, <laughs> So, like, there was uh, a show. Like, you, you've been to, like, a normal comedy show, right? Back when there was normal, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, you know, it was brought to me to that we're going to roast another comedian, but the comedian did not know that there was going to be a roast. Okay. And, and um, you know, I spoke to someone about it, and it was like, you shouldn't roast somebody because um, you... You never, every, no one just signs up for a roast that's like picking on somebody or bullying them. And um, I've seen somebody um, go through that and they were like not the same afterwards. Really? Yeah, because they weren't expecting the roast. It was just kind of like out of the blue, like they popped up and then everybody was just kind of talking about them. Like it wasn't set up as like, there's a difference between like, you know, a roast show and like, all right, we're roasting each other. But this person was just like showed up to the comedy show and then everybody was just roasting them on stage. I think this person might need help. And I say this not in any joking manner. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know how bad it got, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I um, I definitely feel like I interviewed a comedian. Her first name is, oh, Ariel. It's Ariel Ilias, and she, um, I tried to pronounce her name correctly because she's um, part, she's Israeli, and so it's definitely, it's not Ariel, it's Ariel, um, but I don't have that accent. Um, but um, in, in prepping for my interview with her, I was like YouTubing and Googling, you know, how I go back as whatever and do my research. And I saw a roast between her and this woman that was her very good friend and like I would have cried you know like mm-hmm. it was a lot but 
But I also felt like if you're getting on the stage, you kind of know what's coming, you know, um, maybe not. But I mean, if you're in the comedy scene, I guess, don't you know that this is a possibility? No, it's it's not like there, I could tell you a lot of comedians don't do roast. Like it's, it's one of the popular things, but you there's a lot of comedians who only go do their jokes and that's it. Okay. Um, and roast, because roasting is a skill in itself. Like that to me, that's separate than actually like telling a joke or uh, a set of punchline. Like there's people that's really good at roast, but they're not necessarily good at stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh, so it's a different skill. So yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't consider as part of like the norm. Um, and um, I don't know, I, I just saw it and someone brought it to my attention because it was, it was part of the normal for the community, but somebody brought some attention. It was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And I never looked at it from that perspective before. That's what I was asking you. Right. Um, yeah, I guess it's possible. But if that's the case, my guess is that the person's response is based on something deeper and not just, um, you know, not just what happened at the roast. Like, I don't think an average person would usually if something affects us deeply and differently it's because of something from our past gotcha um and i think that's a perfect segue into um how can trauma affect your relationships oh sure um uh people deal with you know it's not unusual for you to end up in a relationship. I'm thinking romantic, obviously it could be friendships as well, but you to end up in a relationship with someone that, um, that you chose in some way to heal from your trauma or your subconscious screwed you and you chose to be with someone who on some level repeats your trauma. Uh, you know, if not through physical abuse, maybe emotional abuse or um, psychological abuse. Um, the other way is some people would choose, will choose partners that are nothing like the parent who traumatized them or the individual who, you know, traumatized them. Women who have been um, I should say girls slash teens or whatnot, you know, if, if a young girl is sexually abused and it's not attended to, you know, through therapy, it's not unusual for the young girl to either become promiscuous, which is like just an attempt to own her sexuality so that no one else gets to decide for her. Or on the other end of the spectrum, she could in fact become very shy, uh, take to covering up her body, not wanting anyone to look at her, you know, to see her um, as an attempt to hide, you know, and to undo the wrong that was done to her, sort of blaming herself. So trauma, you know, from your past may still be affecting your relationships in your present. And Unfortunately, if you let it, trauma can really define your life. Wow, okay. 
And, and you said that, so um, you can be attracted to someone who traumatized you or you may be dating that same person that has traumatized you in your childhood or your past before. Is that correct? Someone similar, I said. Okay. Yeah. Because so, I've heard this before. Is, is that why, you know, <clears throat> I've seen this a lot with dating. Um, people tend to date certain people and it's always like a failed relationship. Um that has a lot, um, I've heard that. So what should you do if this is something, can, can you retrain yourself to, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but can you get over this and so that you can start dating um, better people? Sure, I mean, I, I honestly think most of us tend to um, date the same assholes, but in different bodies, you know, and, uh, there's always a common thread to the people we choose. And I do think often the common thread is related back to your childhood. And if you had a more positive childhood, fantastic. And if you did not, that's where the problems come in. And you may tend to date someone who is similar to, you know, um, the traumatic or uh, more negatively affecting parent, or you may choose the opposite, which sounds like it's more positive, but it also could put you in the place of taking on subconsciously, you know, unknowingly taking on the characteristics of the negative parent, the abusive parent, so that you, because in a sense that can make you feel like more powerful, or we would call it like you're gaining a sense of mastery over how to get past what happened to you in your childhood. Gotcha. Okay. And um, my next question for you is that um, what is trauma bonding? Right. Um, I had to look this up. Um, I know I, I know this is something different, which um, trauma bonding is another word for uh, what we usually would call like Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome being many, many years ago, there was a uh, kidnapping in Stockholm and or maybe that was the guy's name. I'm blanking on the details, but basically, by the time the the individual, the kidnapper, the kidnappee was rescued, she had fallen in love with her captors, and um, I guess similarly, or perhaps this is just a more modern word for it, this trauma bonding. Um, I I have an issue in broadening it um, because. Um, part of me feels like that shifts some of the blame to the victim rather than to the aggressor. Uh, but then again, if, if you followed the, um, the Jerry Sandusky Penn State case at all, um, the confusion of that, that criminal trial and the civil trial and all that was in part because these same boys who were sexually abused had also developed a separate emotional attachment and therefore were very confused as to what was right, what was wrong, what they experienced, what they witnessed. I mean, I think that's 
probably a good example of trauma bonding where the, the abuser plays a role with many hats, you know, um, I guess a less popular way to, to explore it would be in the case of like, you know, female teacher seduces male student, and then our brains go crazy because we have a hard time. Um, we have a hard time imagining that a horny 15 year old didn't want it, but, um, but a horny 15 year old isn't equipped to deal with the physical and emotional demands of, you know, a 30 year old adult woman. So there, I could see trauma bonding occurring there as well, because there's so much conflict with what, what he's supposed to want, what he does want, you know, um, sexual versus emotional, uh, trauma can be confusing, you know, and it's, it's meant to be, you know, when you think about like PTSD, when it comes to war, it's sort of a lot simpler, like, um, not, not to get through, but just to, to understand in your mind, you know, you went through something really bad. And now every time you hear a loud, a large sound, larger, loud sound, you're worried something else, something really bad is coming again. Um, once you get people to stop saying, but you're not there anymore, which is annoying, you can move past that and people can sort of understand, oh yeah, something really bad happened. You're worried it's gonna happen again. Uh, there's no trauma bonding when it comes to, you know, like uh, a former uh, soldier who saw horrible things and is now home. They're not gonna fall in love with their, you know, IU, IU, I'm worried I'm gonna say the wrong word and it's gonna be like a, a yeast infection and not a bomb. So I don't wanna say it, but um, you know, there, there, there's no chance of them having trauma bonding with a weapon uh, or the enemy who fired the weapon. But when it comes to more interpersonal instances of trauma and how it affects us afterward, it certainly gets more complicated. Gotcha. All right. And <clears throat> I guess my last question is, uh, I feel like you might have fit on already. Um, <clears throat> what are um, the emotions that you, you may be going through when experiencing trauma? Oh, uh, God. Um, fear, anger, frustration, resentment. Um, any emotion that you suddenly find that you're experiencing to an extreme. Um, oh, avoidance. You know, uh, if there was a car accident or you got mugged on a certain street. Um, Self-blame. The, the list goes on and on. It's really about a disproportionate reaction to the current situation based on something you went through in the past. Gotcha, and um, you said, if you're experiencing this, the best thing you should do is to seek help. Yep, seek help. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not willing to do that yet, you know, TikTok's got some woman who's constantly, a few women are constantly given advice and some of them are, psychologists and they'll give you like a bite-sized morsel of brilliance and then you're like oh that's right and but 
bites don't fill us up forever. You know, they're, they're short lived gratification. Um, but if you need to stick your toe in it somewhere, you know, you can look online and find, you know, some sort of therapist talking about trauma and whatever. And, um, but eventually you're probably going to need to take the plunge and work through this with a trained professional. Wow. I, I, I never thought about that. Okay. So you really do need to, um, it's so funny you say that. Yeah, I know. We all get our stuff from, I mean, I don't. I'm too old for TikTok, but the rest of you get your shit from TikTok. My patients will send me this through, like, look, this is brilliant. I'm like, that is brilliant. I said that three weeks ago, but my, <laughs> you didn't look as funny. And so you didn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, like, I think this is. <laughs> yeah. My, my therapist gets paid a lot because she actually encourages me to quit therapy and just watch YouTube videos. Really? Like, That's not what she says. You're not listening to her. That's not what she does. You're definitely not listening to her. I would never encourage someone to quit therapy and watch YouTube videos. <laughs> I mean, fine, watch YouTube videos and like watch that shit, but like our Instagram, but like the truth is that's just someone making general statements that yeah. it's sort of like when you know john edwards is a psychic and he used to have the show where he'd be like i'm sensing someone in this room lost a relative their first name starts with an s <laughs> you know and like 80 people would be like and then he would be like no no no, hold on was it Sam? <laughs> like starts rolling, you know, and the whole room went crazy. And eventually it, it hit someone in the right way. And like, everyone's like, you know, hallelujah. It's a church now or something. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's like, you ever watched that show called psych? Yeah, totally. Love that show. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably like my favorite show. And like, it's so funny that, and in a way it shows like this is not real but it's 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 just so funny right it's, it's often just logical deductions i mean i'll be sitting there with a patient and i'll get like this this um you know psychic premonition it's not a psychic premonition it's it's my experience that is you know coming together in a way that although consciously i can't put it into pieces subconsciously i'm like this is so like so and so this person has been abused, you know, or something. Um, and we need that experience of a professional to get us to a better place. Um, but fine, play on TikTok all you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, other than that, um, I, I feel like we went over all the questions I had. Um, did you have anything to promote or anything to add at all? No, I mean, I think I've, we've made it pretty clear. Trauma is bad and you should seek help and it can come in any shape or form. And if you feel ashamed or uh, guilty or blamed or whatnot, please know that you're not alone. That's why, you know, that's why our culture, that's one of the many reasons our culture is flawed in that we still engage consciously or unconsciously in victim blaming. And so, um, you know. Is it victim blaming? Victim blaming. Like blaming the victim, you know? Mm -hmm. So that makes sense that if, if society is telling us it's our fault, eventually we're gonna believe it and be like, yep, this is my fault. 
And the truth is, it's probably not. You know, if you watch, if you walk down a, a dark alley and you get raped or mugged, okay, shouldn't have walked down that back alley, but didn't, you didn't agree to be raped or mugged. And if you drink too much at a party, you didn't agree to whatever consequences come next. Um, you know, I think you need to give yourself a little space to accept that this wasn't your fault. And when you gotcha. can't do that, you go to therapy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to name that this episode. Go to therapy. Good. Uh, no one will listen, but good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I should put it, don't go to therapy. Everybody might listen. That's a good idea. Name it, don't go to therapy. People will be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Always a pleasure. All right, bye-bye.